Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon ad-free or in the main feed with the ads. My name is Kenny McIntosh. I'm joined as always by Finley Martin and Finn. Thank the Lord that we did <laughs> not record yesterday because what, I mean, it would have been a total out-of-date podcast and yeah, just thank God we made that decision, called that audible at the last minute. Well, exactly. I mean, the thing is, I couldn't do the cover for the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine until today. I mean, I actually had a, a headline all worked out for for the cover that I ended up having <laughs> to change. I didn't spend too much time on it. It was just more of a rough thing. And um, yeah, so today we now know what's happening. So I was able to do the cover with confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't send my Royal Rumble review either. And I still haven't actually just proofreading it because I had to wait for the events of last night's kickoff WrestleMania 40 kickoff event to play out before I could do my conclusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just relieved, Kenny, that it happened yesterday because if it happened on Monday, I probably would have had to send the cover. I would have had to send the article. Yeah. It would have just been, well, we don't really know what's going to happen yet. So, but at least the decision has been made and we know where we're going and it's the right decision, more importantly, Kenny. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's. I, I think that that's 
I think we made the right decision. We're here. Let, so let's just dive in to the big news, which is obviously the the press event from last night, the WrestleMania kickoff event. So it was held in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena, and they had you know CM Punk on the panel along with Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, and Biggie. Biggie, who was looking great. Yes, he was looking really good. Yeah, yeah. They asked him about his neck. I mean, he said he's feeling fine, but I mean, he's been saying that for a long time. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to make a comeback, yeah. and nor should he if it's going to be you know a threat to his long term health. And, and nor will they allow him to if he's if he cannot receive or obtain medical clearance to return. Yeah. And you know that's kind of a sad statement, but I mean, he knows wrestlers know their health has to come first for sure. And you know, I mean. A lot of times with neck injuries, people do end up coming back years later. You know, they kind of need those years yeah. to have the, the neck recuperate and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I would love to see him make a comeback one day. I know he would love to make a comeback. He's sort of said it numerous times. But, yeah, yeah health comes first. I, I, was, I think if he does come back, I assume he might need to stop doing the big ending as his finish. If it's, I don't know how much pressure that puts on the neck. But, you know, he, he might need to adapt his style a wee bit for, I mean... In, Probably not doing those dives out of the out of the ring anymore. But uh Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean you look at Edge, I mean Soraya came back. I mean about the only person who didn't was Jason Jordan. Was that was that neck or back? Ne- I think it was, was it was neck, right? Or it was or it was it was concussion based. Oh right. So okay. Concussion based yeah, so I think it was to do more to do with his, his head. Um but again, you know, he's someone who's he's a producer now, so he might end up in a couple of years. I mean, it's a shame because Jason Jordan, actually, we were big fans of him. Sure. And the stuff with Kurt Angle, and it's a shame that kind of got taken away from him. But. Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, you know, at least he's, he's still working in wrestling. And, you know, Big E's still under contract. He's getting paid. He's representing the company. He seemed like yep. he was really enjoying himself at the event last night, and as did CM Punk, right? Mm-hmm. Punk had his, his uh, arm, in the, arm in the kind of surgical... Sling thing, and he was race type thing, yeah. It's, brace, it's, yeah. And uh, um, um, this it's quite a spectacular, yeah, you know, quite a spectacular sort of brace thing he has on his arm. And he, you know what, he appeared to be in really good spirits, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And you know, he's, he did say obviously he's gutted that he can't compete at WrestleMania, but you know, his mouth still works and he still pissed people off. And so the, the funny thing was to so leading up to the press conference, just some thoughts from me. I was I, in my mind, I was going. Because The Rock had done a thing the night before that was on WB's social media channels and it was like him arriving off of an aeroplane and it was the cameras kind of speaking to him and he said, this press conference will be talked about forever signing off Long Gamer. That's what he said. Yeah. I remember thinking, he's either totally tone deaf or there's a plan to, yeah. to fix all this. And yes, yes and I th- thought that also. Mm-hmm. When he appeared on Pat McAfee yesterday and referred to the people who were complaining yeah. that Cody Rhodes was apparently not going to wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, um, he referred to uh, the complainers as the Cody Crybabies. That was the uh, yes. kind of telegraphed what was going to happen, didn't he? Yeah, but that kind of gave us, uh, we could relax a little bit because we were going, there's, you know, if they're trying to make Rock be the guy in this and Cody's not getting it, there's no way they're having Rock go out and do the Cody crybaby shtick and all that. Um, and then, you know, because even like Co- the, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, they were referencing that Cody crybaby thing on the on the kickoff show as well. They were talking about it. They were, you know, hammering at home. So, um, 
anyway, so we, we ended up, the first person who came out was Triple H. Talked about the first WrestleMania, said that, you know, the head, the, well, was he telegraphing here? He said, you know, the first WrestleMania was in Madison Square Garden. It was a tag team main event with Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper against Mr. Teen Hulk Hogan. So big. Anyone who was, everyone could be there. Listed all the celebs. And um, he basically says, you know, he thanks loads of people, talks to lots of, lots of wrestlers who could have helped them get to where they are. And he said, you know, uh, this is a, a new year in WWE and you've not seen anything yet. So, you know, the classic kind of promo. But I mean, you know, people were into him. People like Triple H. He's a good good front man. So, you know, he was a good good guy to start it off. Yeah, I mean, he survived. I mean, he survived the uh, you know the blunder at the Royal Rumble um, press conference, hasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. You know, that, that's strange. A lesser person, I think, would have been in a lot of trouble after that, but he somehow got away with it. I think probably what it is is that there's such goodwill towards what he and his creative team have done to overhaul the product from what it was before yeah. that that's probably really helped him. Uh, you know, because that goodwill was there. So we then had Bianca Belair come out and she kind of, you know, talked about the documentary series she's got with Montez Ford. And she actually mentioned Sasha Banks by name as well. Right. So she's the headline WrestleMania with Sasha Banks. Um, and she just said she wants to continue her, her undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, to me, it's Bianca Belair and Jade Cargill. That seems to me, because Jade was there. She was doing press interviews backstage. But I think it was probably the right call to... You know, there's loads of TV left to WrestleMania. Let's set things up on TV. You didn't really need to give that away here. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, but then we had Rhea Ripley come out. She came out looking like a kind of cosplay undertaker. She had the big black coat on and, and all that. And she does, you know, she kind of cuts promo, but, you know, there's no surprise that Bailey chose Eo Sky. And, uh, you know, she, once she's finished with Nia Jax, she's going to be ready for whoever wins the chamber. And then Becky Lynch comes out to interrupt her. And, they have a kind of back and forth and you know, Becky Lynch says, Mammy's going to learn what it's like to be a bottom. And then... When the hold- man comes around. When the man comes around. And then Rhea holds up the belt, they go face to face and, you know, if you're not clear on what Rhea's WrestleMania title match is, you should probably seek help. <laughs> it's, very, it's very obvious. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I was surprised that they made it as obvious as they did here. Mm-hmm. Since uh, you know, elimination chambers not till what is it, February twenty fourth? So that's uh, two, weeks. So, two weeks off, isn't it? Yeah, two weeks off. But, I mean, I did like though, even though you're right, you know, they're telegraphing it a hundred percent. But they did say that on SmackDown tonight, Bianca Belair and Michin are doing a elimination chamber qualifier match. So you know, I like the idea that Bianca is you know going for the the chamber because she wants a title shot. You know, she's, I mean. Mishan's chances, Finn, would you, what percent chance would you give it out of 100? Zero. Zero. Uh, Zero. I mean, especially, I mean, she lost last week, right, to Tiffany Stratton. She did, yeah, she did. So, I mean, I'm presuming that Tiffany Stratton is going to be in that match. Yeah, I assume so. And... I, I, would, I would think she will be because she'll be able to do you know, I move off one of the pods. I mean, she's fearless and, you know, she always hits those things, nearly always hits those things spot on, nearly always. And, um, you know, that's, uh, she's had big matches and I think we trust her enough to really deliver, you know, in a match of that magnitude. And, um, you know, she's somebody they've obviously got big plans for, so she should be in that match. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 
So then it was time for the, the main event, so to speak. So we had Seth Rollins come out. He was again kind of talking about still got a pretty big pop there. You know, he's still kind of running that from what Roman said about him. And then he said he wants to know who Cody's going to pick. So he introduces Cody. But Roman Reigns comes out instead with Paul Heyman. And they kind of have a little back and forth. You know, uh, Rollins says, good to see you, big brother. And they're kind of just being very passive aggressive to each other. And um, as we're, we we think we're going to get Cody Rhodes out. Um, and Roman's just being so dismissive. He's like, you know, she says to Rhodes, bum out of here. <laughs> get this bum out of here. Uh, so Roman says that he chooses to face The Rock. And then Rollins says that's not how it works. And then The Rock's music plays and he comes out, takes in the... the... So, I mean, what would you say for people who maybe haven't seen it? Massive Rock boos, some cheers, mostly boos. How would you attribute the, the reaction to The Rock when he came out before he sort of turned a little bit? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean... So Reigns, you know, insulted Rollins, then chose The Rock as his opponent. Then Rock joined him on the stage, and I thought he was booed quite loudly. And then, you know, there was chance of We Want Cody. Um, and then when, you know, if there was anyone really cheering for Rock, they kind of fell silent after Rock suggested his match with Reigns would be the biggest main event in the history of WWE. Um, and then, you know, he dismissed the crowd's objections to the match. And Rock told the complainers, it doesn't matter what you think, you know, Rock speaks. So at that point, we knew where he was going. He was halfway there, wasn't it? At that yeah. point. We, we, we knew that, the, the, well, we knew, yeah, we knew the direction of travel he was going in, but we were still kind of unclear as to how this was going to uh, end, like what the end game was going to be. So Rock, um, you know, he he's he's doing the rock shtick. He's kind of doing a bit of Hollywood rock almost. And then he said that he's going to beat the... the well, he, he asked the fans, obviously, about beating the Tribal Chief at WrestleMania and they were not happy. Uh, so then he ended up uh, at one point uh, saying he has something for us and he showed up on the big screen a bloodline family tree and talks about how at the top of it the tree was his granddad and Roman's granddad. And, you know... And then, and then the line was... You know, if the fans can't see that that's proof that there is only one dominant and powerful royal family in professional wrestling and that Rock and Reigns isn't the biggest main event in the history of WrestleMania, and then it doesn't matter what you think. So at that point, we, we know, and he is, uh, they shake hands, the Mania main event is set in theory, and then Cody Rhodes, no music, but he comes at the microphone, hold on, hold on, and he comes out, he says, this is bullshit. He says that, and then he says, you know, I did take counsel from you, Rock, but you know, I won the Royal Rumble and at WrestleMania 40 in the main event, I choose you, Roman Reigns. So yeah. th- at this point, you know, we've got Paul Avec, Triple H, we've got uh, Nick Aldis, Adam Pierce uh, on stage, and Reigns is saying, you know, Cody, you must be crazy. Um, you know, it's a, and Reigns told Cody, you know, you go to the losers table with Seth, you know, you had your moment last year, you're irrelevant, just like your dad, and then Cody, that's too much for Cody. So he then comes back to, to Roman and sort of says, you know, uh, how's Jey Uso? And asks him about family. And then Cody says that if Roman or Rock's granddads were there, they would be ashamed of Roman Reigns. And Finn, how good was the camera work of Rock stepping into shot when Cody said that? Yeah, it was spot on, yeah. When they were, 
you know, arguing about the relatives and, you know, just all these, you know, Reigns told her, she's irrelevant, just like your dad. And, you know, it's a done deal between Reigns and Rock and your old news and you had your chance last year. And no one cares about you finishing your story and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, you know, Reigns was, you know, really arrogant and domineering. You know, it was the tribal chief character. He doesn't like anyone telling him what to do because he feels like he's in charge. Um, but I mean, as as Rose pointed out, he won the Raw Rumble. So, you know, it was not within Roman's gift to decide who he defended the title against at WrestleMania. That was Rose's decision to make, Rose's decision alone. And then, you know, he said, I choose you. And that's what kicked it all off because, you know, the Roman Reigns character is all about control, isn't he? And the loss of control just infuriated him because he knew that Rhodes was right. So he had to then belittle him. And then we got into the family thing. And, you know, Dusty, you know, it's kind of weird because Dusty was NWA world champion, which to many people was a more prestigious championship, certainly in the 1970s when Dusty first held it, Mm -hmm. um, than the WWWF title was. So obviously they haven't mentioned that because it doesn't really enhance the story, does it? Mm-hmm. Um, like they, you know, say, well, you know, Dusty just he was a loser, he couldn't get the job done, but actually he was, I think he was three-time NWA world champion. I'm sure he was three-time NWA world champion. Um, so yeah, uh, he didn't hold the belt for very long, but he he was champ uh, f- uh, for uh, three times. Um but yeah, so I mean, so we had there, you know, Reigns was really angry because Rhodes was telling him what to do. And that's when, and then when, of course, they're talking about the relatives and the family, that's when Rock stepped in to side with Reigns. Because yeah. when Rhodes took a shot at Reigns' blood, he was also insulting or demeaning or, you know, not showing proper respect for Rock's blood relatives so that was the moment that was the catalyst for rock to confront cody face to face and rock says to cody let me make something perfectly clear to you uh, he says when you talk about his family you're talking about my family and you talk about his ancestors you're talking about my ancestors and when you talk about blood it's my blood so now we have a problem and then rock slaps cody and then all hell breaks loose you know they're having to hold cody cody back ron's just trying to get involved um, and they kind of are ushering, you know, Cody away. And then Rollins is saying to Rock, you know, R- Rollins is kind of having a go at Rock as well. And and then it all kind of, they all, they all break off. But then backstage, Triple H is there, Jackie Redmond's trying to interview him. And then Rock just shows up uh, with, with Heyman and Reigns and sort of says, let him talk shit about our family again. Let him talk shit about our family again. And then he says something like, you know, I'll knock his fucking teeth down his throat or something. And then Roman, Rock, and Heyman walk off. So, yeah, lot to unpack. You know, it is official that Cody is facing Roman at WrestleMania. Uh, they have put the, the graphic out. They've said that, that is what's happening. But what do, what do you assess? What's the rest of it going to be? What's re- the WrestleMania weekend going to look like with all these players, do you think? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um... Well, I mean, it looks like there's going to be a tag team match, doesn't it? Cody and Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns and The Rock. Mm-hmm. Will that be at Elimination Chamber? Probably not. Will it be on, you know, the headline match at night one at WrestleMania? Maybe. And then will we have Rhodes Reigns for the championship on night two? I mean, if you were to do that, I think that's going to please everyone because everyone has been catered for, haven't they? Yeah, and I think as well, because the, the thing that Rock had said in one of his appearances or something, he said, you know, I'm a long gamer. And it's like, well, you just turning up and challenging Roman Reigns and that being the match, that's not really a, a long game. It's not very interesting. Whereas Cody almost, in this scenario where Cody makes Rock have to side with Roman in his mind, that opens them up to be a team. And then, you know, we've been talking for months about how dull the bloodline has been. Yeah, And like, if you're bringing the Rock into it for a couple of months, that's, I mean, that immediately makes it 10 times bigger than it was. And somebody had pointed out about, and it was interesting, they were saying that when Rock and Roman when Rock and Roman were together, Roman was kind of in the background of The Rock, which also can play into the story of, you know, usually Roman's the head of the table, he's the, the, the head guy. Yeah. With him and Rock, who who's the head guy? Because they both think they're the head guy. So that can play into the dissension and what happens at WrestleMania. But I think it's also smart for... Rock to be in a tag match at Mania. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it protects Rollins as well, because we know that his knee um, is not 100%. So, uh, and he'll feel very motivated to have a WrestleMania caliber match. And is he capable of having one of those with a knee injury? Possibly not. Yeah. Um, The the other weird thing is because they've not, I don't think they've announced yet a men's elimination chamber match. No. But I think, well, but the, the weird thing is, does Seth also work? Because I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a tag match night one with those four and then night two, Cody and Roman. But then Seth probably has to defend the world title on night two as well. So does he have to go twice? Because it would be weird if the world title wasn't defended. Yeah. Well, also, and again, it's a... Um, I mean, they've Reigns has made a point of stating that Seth Rollins' championship is not at the same level of prestige as his, which is true. Uh, but Rollins has gone to great lengths to portray his title as being superior to Roman Reigns' championship, which it isn't. But I mean, if you know, if Reigns defends his belt and then Rollins does not, does not defend defend his, then it you know it's it diminishes the importance of Rollins' championship further. So I mean, I I personally feel like if they do do a tag team match on night one. 
Reigns and Rock need to win it. Um, possibly after someone, maybe Drew McIntyre, attacks Rollins uh, or something like that. Um, and then Drew faces Rollins on night two. Rollins goes into the match, you know, with a serious knee injury. We know it's, we know, we know he has a knee injury, but then if they do a storyline injury on top of the real injury, then he's got an excuse for losing the belt to Drew, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a, that is a good way to play it. And I mean, the thing is, to me, I saw some people were annoyed about it. But what, could, another question: Do you think this was the plan all? Um, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was all designed to rally people behind Cody Rhodes. I mean, I don't really understand some of the execution of it. Some of it doesn't really make any sense. But I cannot believe that Rock and Reigns was the plan. I just no. can't believe it was. I, I mean, maybe, I, you know, maybe it was. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And I almost just, feel like maybe the original plan, because I think something has changed from the initial plan. I don't know what it was. I almost wonder if the, it was maybe going to be Rock and Roman one night and Cody and Roman the next. And then with yeah, the way maybe, things have played at least. Yeah, maybe it was going to be that. And then they've kind of went, well, we've got this opportunity here because if people are kind of wanting to boo the rock, let's give them that for a little while. So yeah. they can, you know, because that's a good story. And I mean, to me, the, the thing that I thought was, so I put a poll out on Twitter, actually, and I asked people, you know, did you did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the the the, the, the press conference overall? And... I think there's like a thousand people have voted on it, and it's um, eighty-seven percent really enjoyed it, and thirteen percent didn't like it. Mm. So, I mean, that's—I mean, that's, I know it's just a poll of a thousand people, but you know, on Twitter you can kind of get a gauge from how people are reacting, and most people seem to be enjoying it. And I mean, for me, I think the the tag match on night one is so much better for if you're a fan of The Rock because you're going to get them in a much better way. And then, if oh, you, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, the idea, I mean, you know, go back and watch the angle with Jinder last month. He was blown up and they only, only had it for about a minute. And he was just <laughs> like, you know, there's no way The Rock at his age and with that physique can wrestle a long match. And if he does, he's going to need multiple, well, maybe not multiple, but at least one operation afterwards. And that's going to be a problem for his Maybe he doesn't have any films lined up. I don't know. And maybe it doesn't matter now. You know, obviously, before it did, 11, 12 years ago, it did matter because he was not in the position in Hollywood that he is now, or not position, not in the position in the entertainment world that he is now. Well, it's because it's because of the injury after WrestleMania 29, then they couldn't film Hercules for like a month. And then yeah. that was like a, yeah. an insurance thing. So yeah. I'm sure he'd been smart enough not to schedule anything immediately after WrestleMania. Because he has to know that he he might be injured, um, yeah, but sure. by only by participating in a tag team match, he'll only have to do like thirty percent of the work. And we know there's going to be loads of crowd working and crowd interaction. And, and also, that... I think I think if you if you're somebody who really wants Rock versus Roman, I think this is actually going to be a better way for you to get it. Because oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I think if it's night one of night two. If you're so you know, ignore Cody Rhodes, whether you are a fan of him or not, or you want him to finish his story or not. If you're a rock fan, surely you would want Rock and Roman Reigns. Because I've seen some people who didn't like it were saying, Well, you know, they've taken this really obvious dream match and, and they've mucked it up. 
And to me, it's like, well, no, because if they went ahead with it the way it was going to be, it wouldn't be the best that it could be. There's, and I mean, I'd love to think that Rock and Roman is not in Saudi Arabia and it's like SummerSlam or WrestleMania next year, but I'm realistic enough to understand it's probably going to be Saudi. But but then maybe it's not. Maybe maybe Rock's thing is maybe it's going to be something throughout the year. You never know, you know, because now he's now he's on the board. He's one of the head people in the company. Yeah. So, you know, this is a different Rock than came back the last time. Now you know because also his his movie work. I'm not saying it's dried up. But he's had a lot of failures in movies, the DC stuff, and yeah. and you, you know, know he's in his fifties now, and he's you know he's been there, he's seen it, and done it. He's been the number one movie star in the world. And maybe he feels like, you know what? My time as the top guy is up and I'm just going to do less movies. I'm going to do movies. I'm going to do an occasional movie. He obviously doesn't need the money anymore. Um, And those opportunities will be there for him when he wants to accept them. And this is a new journey for him as a board member and being someone who's actually in in control to an extent or has at least a voice over the overall direction of this company. And I'm sure that's very exciting to him. Um, But I mean, if it's a tag match night one, I hope it is. I think Rock can do well in that environment because he'll have to do a whole, he he won't be required to do as much. And I think, you know, in that environment where he's doing the crowd working with Roman and so much they can do without actually having to do anything physical. You know, I think that can be really good. They can tease dissension between Reigns and Rock because we know that's coming. Yeah. And it probably will happen on night two because Reigns, if he does defend against Rhodes on night two, and they've announced that that's going to happen, Reigns has to lose the belt to Cody Rhodes. That's the only possible outcome to night two of WrestleMania. And to me, The Rock will play a part in Roman Reigns' downfall. He'll turn face... He'll help Rhodes win to some extent by driving off Jimmy and Solo. Um, and then when Rock turns babyface, endorses Cody, it'll turn out that it was a setup all along. And <laughs> Cody and Rock were working together to take down Roman. Then, you know, Rock can endorse Cody. And that's the, you know, after WrestleMania at the end of night two, that's the photo, that's the picture that goes around the world that every website uses. And with Rock as a face, Reigns as a heel, Reigns can say, well, you know, they can even do a, you know, Reigns-Cody rematch because Reigns can blame The Rock for his loss. And also that sets up Reigns versus Rock, whether it's in Saudi or whether it's in, you know, whether it's at SummerSlam, you know, I don't know where it's going to be, but it sets that rematch, rematch up. Rock's the face, Reigns is the heel, the title, there's no title involved here. You know, there's no one stepping on anyone's toes. Rock isn't hijacking someone else's WrestleMania moment. And at that point, I think people will be behind Rock and he won't have to worry about people booing him. Yeah, because that's, that's been one of the complaints is that, you know, Rock versus Roman doesn't need the belt. Well, yeah, but so this is the way it's not going to have the belt. And like you say, if, 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 if in that Cody and Roman match, Rock is able to come out and equalise the solo and Jimmy interference and kind of make it one-on-one and then Cody wins and then he gets the endorsement, that's going to be huge for, for Cody. So, Absolutely. And you know what? Rock at that point redeems himself. And everyone's yeah. saying, you know what? What a great story. And hopefully those people, 
you know, who were online ranting and raging about this and making threats even to Rock's daughter, right? She had to delete her ex-account, didn't she? Yeah, she had to delete it because of death threats. And it's like... Absolutely appalling. I mean, these scumbags need to apologise, you know, at the very least, you know? I've long said, I think, for X Twitter or or Facebook or whatever, I think you should have to have... You just have to put your, your ID... And like you're well, oh, you know, right, you should. There should be accountability. I mean, if you're making death threats, death threats against anyone, you should be arrested, as far as I'm concerned. That's appalling behavior. Yeah, but you know, if you can just set up these burner accounts and troll accounts, there's no accountability. Whereas if you can only set up an account using an ID, and if that ID is already in, you can't do a second one, you know, then that's a way to maybe get these people because it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's horrible. And, you know, she doesn't deserve that. And, you know, because Rock is now. I'm just very happy that he's not tone deaf and that he's whether whatever part of this was planned January 3rd or not, I don't really care, but part of it was planned. And obviously this, I think a lot of people are excited about where this could go. And I think the tag match, I would never have guessed the tag match in a million years that that was the way they were going to go. And I, that's what I liked about it. It was, it was, it was a swerve, but not a Russo swerve. Yeah. It, it yeah, was yeah. a, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it, and you know SmackDown tonight should be pretty interesting. I don't know if Roman's on this episode tonight. I can't but... imagine he will be because that to me would be overkill. He so needs maybe it'll be to next week. go away for. I can't imagine he's going to be around for. Um, maybe he'll be there the SmackDown after Elimination Chamber. Maybe that'll be the next appearance. Yeah, yeah, because I think next week's SmackDown is a double taping. Right, okay. Because they have to record the one that would be the day before the Elimination Chamber. Yes. I mean, um, when Reigns appears next, Rock has to be with him. And they yeah. need to get that one worked out, you know, because it'll be a bloodline segment. And they can, you know, work out, right, who's going to be head of the table? Are they equals? And they can already start the tension in that very first segment. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need to be overt, just very, very subtle. Uh. Right, so a couple of last things before we go. Uh, we should mention that Scott Demore, the vice president of of Impact of TNA, ha- was let go yesterday. Uh, the story is that he's been uh, fired. No reason. I mean, some of the kind of rumors are that he was pushing for a bigger budget, and Anthem don't really want a bigger budget for for TNA. They're just they just. When they bought TNA, they bought it because it was the number one show in the fight network that they owned, and they just wanted the content. They don't really care about it getting bigger or whatever. But that to me doesn't really seem like that's the reason you're getting rid of the guy, you know, because the the guy thought it would be good to have a bigger budget. And so I'm sure there's going to be more stuff, but we don't really know the story, right? And so there's not really much we can say about why he's gone. But do you think Scott Demore leaving is a big loss to TNA from from your perspective? Um, well, I mean, you know, they had that hard to kill was a big turning point for them. And um, I realised turning point was the name of one of their events. Um, and like, I mean, according to, I think it was Mike Johnson at PWI, PW Insider, um, he claims that um, Scott Demore had attempted to buy TNA Wrestling um, and Anthem turned him down. He'd found backers who... We're going to, you know, put the money up and he was going to buy out 
uh, the company from Anthem and they turned they turned him down. But again, that seems like is that a reason to fire someone? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe that and other, you know, there's other things that we don't know about yet, as you mentioned. And uh, maybe that was the straw that brought the camels back and thought, well, hold on a minute. If he wants to buy us out, we've turned him down. Is he really going to be committed to this job? Which I think would be a fair, fair assessment, I would think. You know, if you yeah. come in, right, I want to buy the company. No, you can't. You know, you're going to be, at that point, you're going to question the person's commitment, aren't you, to the company? Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, if I came to you, Kenny, and said, right, that's it. I'm buying out inside the ropes. I'm buying it out. That's it. And you said, no. You'd be thinking, hmm, is Finley really on the team? Yeah. Of course Finley's on the team. And of course Finley's not going to buy inside the ropes <laughs> out. But, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's more, there's more than meets the eye to this story. And, yeah, I mean, it's... They laboured in obscurity for so long. Did Impact stroke TNA? I mean, you know, it was an inter- I mean, I've been putting them over, you know, to an extent for years. And it was a good product, but it was kind of felt low budget. And there's so much competition now that and people have only got a certain amount of time in their week to, you know, watch a, you know, X amount of pro wrestling each week. And there's so much other entertainment out there for people to watch. And it just felt like, you know, TNA was something that people were passing on, even though it was actually pretty good. And Hard to Kill felt like a, you know, really like a, a sea change for the company because the budget had been increased, new people had arrived, and there was a real sense of optimism about the show. That was what was different to me about it. I didn't think the show was actually that amazing. I think the company's put on much better shows, but the overall presentation combined with, you know, new people arriving and just this real sort of, you know, sense that the company is finally going somewhere. That was, to me, what made Hard to Kill, you know, such a great night for the company. So it is sort of odd in a way that actually less than a month after this comeback show, the guy who was the brains behind it all has been sacked. So it is odd, isn't it, really, in the timing of it is strange, especially because I know that in the Observer this week there was a report that the that Hard to Kill did thirty thousand pay per view buys, right? Okay, which is you know for for TNA that's an insane number for them to do, mm. and apparently some of their pay per views in recent years would do as low as two thousand buys. Wow! So, I mean, if they're doing, you know, and and I think you're right. The, the the buzz of Hard to Kill is probably what what did it. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Apparently. A report from Fightful said that the, the talent were told in a Zoom call and were not allowed to ask any questions about it. You know, I know Moose has put on social media that he's taken a few days off. Because I think Scott Demore was, was fairly popular amongst yeah, a lot I, of Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe he was. I mean, he'd been there for so long. He'd obviously been there back in the mid-2000s and left and then came back. And, you know, he was somebody who wasn't doing it. You, you didn't get the sense that he's doing it for the glory or for ego. Is that, you know, he really truly believed in the company and he was the one who was there during the bad times and those bad times went on for years. You think, you know, as, as long as there's nothing untoward that's happened that's going to come out that we don't know about, do you think Scott Demore have, gets another job in wrestling or do you think that's that's it for him? Um, I mean, I would I would think he would be qualified to to work for pretty much any company. I mean, especially if he's well-liked by talent. Um, you know, there's lots of people who passed through or he's worked with previously. I mean, Christian Cage 
I remember him saying when we did that interview with him in Power Slam back in 2005, a big part of the reason why he left WWE um, to work for TNA was because Scott was a huge part of the TNA you know, organization at that point. So, I mean, I would imagine that he could probably find work in AEW, but what's he going to do there? I mean, Tony Khan's not going to surrender control to anyone, you know, let, hmm. you know, He's not. He's just not. So, um, if Scott were to work for AEW, would that position be, you know, creatively satisfying or fulfilling for him? Um, I mean, WWE is obviously getting bigger, you know, every month. Um, but I mean, again, you know, where would he fit in? Because they've already got so many staff. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think you know, if Tony can, you know, Tony can need some help. And that, I'm not. Knows. I'm not joking. That's not me trying to be funny. But you know, he, he's a guy who needs some help from somebody who he can trust. And if you were yeah. to give Scott Demore, you know, Collision as an example, and just go, look, can you just can you book Collision for me? Can you just be the guy who, you know, let me you know figure out a way that you know the top guys once a month they they do it or once a month they do a Collision instead of a Dynamite, and you know figure factor it all in. Like Demore would be probably a good guy for that role if he wanted to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, collision. I mean, collision reminds me of thunder. Towards the end, I mean, it's just like I just don't know why. I mean, you watch it and it's just creatively bereft. I mean, I get, sometimes just... I get angry watching it because I have to. I'm angry that I have to watch it because yeah. you're just kind of going. You have to watch it because you know you can't really like. So, for example, the, the FTR Daniel Garcia House of Black feud. I think's been pretty piss poor. Yeah, it's yeah, from, woeful. It's been woeful. Yeah, from a from a story, they've worked harder in the ring, but from a storyline perspective, I think it's been quite naff. But yeah. if I wasn't watching it, then how can I say with any sort of authority that that's what I think? Exactly. You, you know, we have to watch it. You know, talking about pro wrestling is what we do. And you're right, the House of Black I just feel like they're phoning it in. You know, FTR, you can just see defeat in their eyes. I mean, they've never recovered from that loss to Starks and Big Bill last year. What was it? I think it was a sub-five-minute loss, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, five-minute loss. And I don't think they ever received... Did they ever receive, like, a, a two-on-two title rematch? I don't think they ever did. No, they didn't. And they've, yeah, they've, it's a shame because I think at the time, I understand why they re-signed, because at that point, Vince had weaseled his way back in. And Absolutely. That, CM Punk was on his way back to AEW. Yep. So, so you know, in their mind, it's like, are we gonna, are we gonna go back to WWE where Vince at any moment could just take over again fully, or, or do we kind of stay where we are? So, I think at the time they made the right decision, but obviously now, it's like, oh, you know, you know, because I, I, I interviewed Damien Priest yesterday for the website, and one of the things I asked him about was the, ta- you know, the tag titles and the fact they mean more now than they used to. And he and he said, "Yeah, it's 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 great for us being the the tag champs because they mean something now." And you know, last year they headlined one of the nights of WrestleMania, which would would not have happened three years before, or you know, no, no chance. So the the fact that that's all happening, and I think FTR could probably slot in pretty well in WWE today. You know, they could do really good stuff with the Creeds. They could yeah. they could have fun stuff with the Viking Raiders. Like they're they're so good at being versatile with any type of opponents that they would fit in really well. But so that's it's got to be tough for them 
in particular because it kind of feels that like they've done everything in AEW. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there aren't what mountains are there for them to climb, you know? They've done the Wainwrights, you know what I mean? They've done them yeah. all. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing left for them in, in AEW, certainly under this, you know, creative, you know, leader in Tony Khan, who to me is just each week, I just think, you know, you need you need assistance. You know, I wrote that article a few months ago in the magazine and laid out what needed to happen. And uh, of course, none of it has, but, you know, that was my opinion on on the way forward for this company. And, you know, Ring of Honor's just done them in. I mean, it's just, you know, what's the point of Ring of Honor? It's just more work for them. I like Collision. They didn't need Collision. We don't need that two more hours a week. Now Rampage, who watches Rampage? Who even knows what goes on on Rampage? And there's just so much TV for them to produce each week that, you know, the creative, you know, what little there is, there isn't enough of it to go around all the product that they're putting out. It's that yeah. simple. I mean, you know, you even look at, like, for me, I don't I don't really watch NXT. And I was listening to, I think I was listening to Meltzer Alvarez the other day, when one of them had said that they thought, and I don't know if this is true or not, you know, you watch it so you can maybe agree or disagree, but they were saying that they thought that NXT is basically the best show in wrestling for character development. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. There's loads of energy there. And I, everyone who's featured, they try to play to their strengths. And that's what it's all about, you know. And sometimes you'll have, like, multiple segments, one after the other, and every no one feels like, or very few people feel like they are forgotten. Yeah. But, and it, but I, I think, you know, to that point, it's like there's so much wrestling that I just don't get to, you know, because, you know, so if you think about how much wrestling you watch, and then on top of that, I've got to watch Raw and SmackDown from 20 years ago every week. So that's another four hours <laughs> sorry, I've Kenny. got to watch. Sorry, sorry, that was really awful. Reveling <laughs> in the misery of others is one of the lowest human characteristics. I know, but it's one of the most common, so don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> um, but no, but you know, if, if, the, if, if I only had to, if, if I was only watching, say, Raw and Dynamite, the, or there was like three shows that I watched, then I probably would check out NXT more often than not. But, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, we, we're we getting off this podcast right now in a, in a minute. And once we're finished, I've got to watch the second half of the February 9th Raw from 2004 that I was watching. I've got to make my notes for that podcast. And it's like, when you're watching so many, it's like, you kind of want in the evening to just take some time away from yeah. wrestling. So even the, the stuff that's really good, like NXT as an example people are struggling with. So I think when you get to something like collision where things are just not as must see, you know, people aren't going to, aren't going to check it out. So anyway, I've rambled, yeah. but you know, you get the point, everybody, you get the point we're trying to make. So. I mean, will... yeah, I mean, you've only got a certain amount of capacity for anything. I mean, yes. You know I mean? Yes. It's like, let's face it. Right. I mean, if you want to go out on a drinking session, I mean, most people can only do, some people can only do, I mean, one night in a row is enough for me now. <laughs> so I said, oh, we've got three nights in a row drinking. I like going out for a drink. I couldn't do three nights out in a row. I just don't have the capacity for it anymore. And it's the same <laughs> with pro wrestling. And when you're a certain age and you're just completely consumed by it, which we all, we've all been there. You know, mm. I was in my late teens when I first discovered American wrestling. I could just watch it endlessly and I could just talk about it endlessly. But that's a phase you only go through 
for a while happily and then you sort of discover other things in life to make you a more interesting person but also don't you think don't you think the part of it is that there has never been a time more than now where there's so much wrestling Mm. so even if you even if you still felt the way that you felt back then when you you couldn't get enough yeah i think you would still be beaten into submission eventually by absolutely sorry kenny just to cut you off but the reason i couldn't get enough Mm -hmm. is because so little was available yeah, I I remember like I mean this is different. I remember in like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine, you know, watching WWF on Sky, maybe watching a bit of WCW on TNT. But I would be so starved for more that I I watched like the Shotgun Show on Saturday morning, and it was rubbish. Yeah, like it was like the Blue Mini versus Bunaki. But <laughs> you're like, oh well, at least it's something else. Well, that's it. But that's three programs a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like, it's not like now where it's just like endless amounts of content. Um, so that's the thing. Back then, the reason that you couldn't you couldn't get enough of it was because there wasn't really that much for you to watch. Yeah. Uh, or at least not compared to now when there's just endless hours. You know, you could just sit there and watch wrestling all day, every day, couldn't you? I mean, okay, it wouldn't all be new stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's on YouTube or Daily Motion or the network or the new Japan streaming service or who, wherever, you could just watch it all day, every day, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and But, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. So, I mean, people got uphill battles going on, but, you know, I think I think our original point was going to be Scott Demore could help <laughs> with Collision. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think he can, yeah. And, and that's a great idea of yours, Kenny. You know, Tony Khan should just say to him, listen, Scott, I'm having a really hard time coming up with anything exciting or interesting for Collision you take over. Yeah. Because also he's got, the difference is he's got experience in running a show. And, and and putting up. So, I mean, to me, it's like, it'd be like if I said, oh, I want somebody to come in and help run the live inside the rope shows. Well, I would only really feel comfortable doing it with somebody who I thought, you know, if I'm not here, they could do this. I, I don't need to worry. Because we're you know we're we're both and we both have and, and will be in certain ways control freaks, and when you're a control freak, you need to feel that the person who's doing it for you has full capability to do it. And mm. I think Scott Moore does. So I think that's yeah. Fun. Anyway, um, that is all the time we've got for today. We'll be back with more very very soon. I want to thank you for all your support as always. Um, whether you listen on the main feed or whether you pledge on Patreon, we appreciate it. Um. Please support the, the magazine, inside the magazine.com. I assume the pre-order for issue 42 Two. will be up soon, given that the cover was done today. So that should be probably by Monday, I would say, up for pre-order. So just keep an eye out on our social media for that. So that will be coming out soon. Uh, at the end of February, February the 29th. February 29th, that's when it goes on sale. Which is the same day that I'll be in London with Sergeant Slaughter. So... You know, all's well that ends well. Um, and the, and it's also the day that our friend Jamie Miller turns 40. 40, all right. Okay, how's he coping with that? About as good as you can imagine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, life begins at 40, all that crap that people tell you. I'm, I'm shoveling that shit to him in hopes that he'll, he'll, he'll take it. Um, so, anyway, uh, I, obviously, if you are not on Patreon, and you fancy pledging, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. We do extra podcasts all the time. 
And, you know, if you want to support us and just listen to one now and then, we, we appreciate it. It allows us to do these free podcasts. So uh, we are recording, well, next week we should be recording No Way Out 2004. That's, it's come around already. And, um, yeah, we, 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 we do a monthly podcast as well, Finn and I, on just a topic uh, of, of, and somebody actually did send a, a topic idea to us. And I, I will need to try and find it because somebody did send something. Well, well the thing we're going to cover next, which is going to be next week, and we do apologise, we should have already done this, but it's just been a crazy time for mm. one reason or another, is, and obviously the Iron Claw was released today, right, in the UK, not yes. everywhere. So they've got a limited release. It's not on around here. It's not on in Lancaster. So that's annoying. So I'm probably going to have to wait a few weeks before I see it. Mm-hmm. going to cover the famous and, you know, dissect it, get into the story and everything. The very famous Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair cage match from December 25th, 1982, which started the Von Erichs, Von Erichs versus Freebirds feud. So we're going to cover that. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do that next week. And yeah, and then what we'll do is we'll, we'll try maybe, I'm going to go and see Iron Claw, I think next week at some point. So once we've both seen it, we'll both have a chat about that on one of the podcasts as well. Uh, to obviously have a you know, I mean, you you'll be you'll be more able to talk about how pure it is to the the story than I will, but um, yeah, you know, I think would it, would it ex- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I looked it up that from what I could work out, the nearest place to Lancaster that it was on was in Blackburn, which is some distance from Lancaster. The last time I went to Blackburn or Blackburn, you know, I thought it was going to get my head kicked in. So I mean, <laughs> you know, you'll have to forgive me if I'm not. In any great hurry to return, I'm sure most people. Sure well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to tell you you're wrong here, Finn. Oh no, no. Do you know what? It, it, the Iron Claw is on in Lancaster tonight yes. for really? one sh- for one showing. Oh. It, it's on at the View in Lancaster at seven twenty-five tonight. Oh. You know what? I looked up the other day and it wasn't there. Yeah, it's. I, mean, I just, I just googled Iron Claw Lancaster. It doesn't seem to be. It's not showing any other showings. Any other? Oh no! Wait, no, wait a minute. It is. Yeah, it's. You're. You can go and see it anytime. It's at the View in Lancaster, starting today. Tomorrow it's ten thirty-five in, in the morning and eight thirty-five at night. Sunday it's ten past four and half past seven. Monday. Look it's... at this. I don't even know what's going on in my own backyard. I apologise, everyone. <laughs> I did look this up. I've got to say. Well, maybe maybe it's just maybe maybe they knew that like we we are we're near Finn Martin here and we're not going to fucking Iron Claw in the cinema. What what are we doing? So... I'm telling you, I looked it up like just a few days ago and it wasn't there. The nearest place was it was on was Blackburn. I was just I was thinking, well, like, maybe it's on in Ambleside or possibly mm-hmm. in Kendall, you know, up in the lakes of Cumbria. So I was like, well, I can go and see it there. There's the Dukes, which is the art house place, and I figured it would be on there in a few weeks. But it's actually on in Lancaster. Fantastic, Kenny. That's wonderful news. Thank you for putting me straight. There you go. There you go. So if you're in the Lancaster area, get get seated at the view, and you'll see Finn Martin strolling in at some point in the next week. Um, <laughs> see what his cinema order is at the counter. Um, I you know, that's actually really I'm really pleased about that because I looked it up I was going mad I was like well why is he not on around here you know and it wasn't like you know how come they're not putting it on in my town it was more like you know this is this is a film that's going to have to me it's, it's done fairly well in the states hasn't it in terms of box yeah. office yeah it has yeah, it's done I, you know, well. there's a huge amount of people 
who are wrestling fans in this country. And it's just like, why is it just received such a, a limited release? So that's really good news that it's on in my city. Yes. So, yeah, um, that is all the time we've got for today. And the Iron Claw's on in Lancaster, everybody. So if you're there, <laughs> head down to the view. Um, and we'll be back next week with more. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.